All right, guys, we have a very special announcement. It's official. The Bases Loaded Pod is joining the Roto Baller Radio Podcast Network. A little bit about Roto Baller. Since 2013, Roto Baller has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy addicts their fix with player news and cutting edge fantasy analysis. If you didn't know, Roto Baller's 2020 MLB draft kit is already live. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools, including printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points, head-to-head, dynasty, roto, AL only, NL only, you name it, they've got it. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools. These draft tools include printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points leagues, head-to-head, roto, dynasty, AL or NL only, you name it, they've got it. They also offer rankings and projections from the number one most accurate industry expert, Nick Mariano. Not to mention access to their exclusive rankings wizard. Like I said, there's 15. Those are just three. So there's so much more to check out. For a limited time, get your MLB premium pass for 50% off. But wait, it does actually get better. Right now, you can get an additional 10% off if you use promo code BASESLOADED. Just visit rotoballer.com slash BASESLOADED to sign up for your premium pass today so you can dominate your leagues tomorrow. Bases loaded and one out. Oh my God! Deep to right field, way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run. Grand slam. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. And tonight it is a George and Mike show. George is at Roto underscore Nino. George, what's going on, man? What's up, man? None much. Just here. <laughs> it's a Saturday night. We're here recording. Talking is it Saturday? Something. Is it Saturday? See, it's Friday. This whole, dude, this whole quarantine thing has me all mixed up, dude. I, I haven't been to work in a couple days. Been home it's with the kids. And so now I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> it's Friday. but This, was, oh, this is probably going to be out Monday or Tuesday. So it doesn't matter because exactly there's nothing going on. So, um, everybody listening in, we appreciate you listening, of course. Before we get started, as I remind you real quick, if you could just drop us a five-star rating review, it's greatly appreciated. We're still we're trying to get to that 100 rating mark. We're at 80. Might have to do a giveaway. I think we might have some OOTP codes to give out, but um, we'll get back to you on that. I think we have at least one. Regardless. Anyway, so there's a, even though there's not a lot going on in rural life, you know, the baseball side of things, which, again small thing considering larger picture but it honestly is such a nice thing for us to have we had decided to take advantage of this downtime and kind of work on the website so kind of where we're at we have a lot going on behind the scenes here just laying the groundwork for you know when we get the season started and and get things rolling we're you know doing a lot of updates to the site a lot a lot of big things happening still you know kind of behind the scenes so as far as like you know content and and fantasy baseball stuff and it's just yeah it, it sucks that we don't have anything going on right yet right now but uh we we're kind of talking before it and you mentioned it maybe being kind of a, a blessing in disguise as far as like our our site here that we're building just because we've had the time now to just kind of uh get a better idea of how we want to go about you know structuring our 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 brand here our site and how we want to go about things so yeah definitely and- Obviously, we use the word blessing as like, again, we're just trying to put a positive spin on such a negative situation. But we're like, because we lack the the, qual- the quantity of content we like provide you, we're, we are we are expanding. We've recently launched another podcast. And by we, I mean, George and I are on this one. <laughs> we actually have a couple great guys over there. Um, Deegs at Baseball D. Uh, I think it's Deegs Baseball. I don't know his Twitter. He'll hopefully he'll listen to this and laugh. And then Tate is at Tate Schlichting. I think on Twitter, and those guys are going to be covering pretty much all things Dynasty Baseball and Prospects. Tate focusing on Dynasty, uh, Diggs fo- focusing on Prospects. They're over there building a team right now, putting all that together so we can provide you that content in written form. So you're going to see the site itself. Also get some, um, you'll have articles. We're going to work on live streams, so prospect stuff for people to chime in live and ask their questions. And... We have the other podcast now. It should be relatively available soon on most platforms. I know it's kind of rolling its way out now. 
It's called Bases Loaded Dynasty and Prospects. It is a sister podcast. It's taking the brand and it's solely focusing on Dynasty and Prospects because you guys, we've always asked, what can we do more of? And every, the answer is always Dynasty talk. It's always, well, prospect talk. And not that we can't do it, but we know that's not our strengths. It just isn't. And when you recognize it's not your strength, what do you do? You go out You go out of your way to either make yourself better or find somebody who can do it better than you because realistically, although we think we could do it well, we don't have the time to put in the proper effort required to do it properly. So what we did went out was find a couple of great guys, really intelligent, really know their stuff, and we got them together to host and, and provide you a new podcast covering all things strictly prospects and Dynasty Baseball related. So I think it's going to be a really, really great sister podcast. We will promote the heck out of it soon, as soon as it's available on iTunes and all that. So that way you can subscribe and all that good stuff. But I've been talking for like two minutes now. George, I know you're excited about all this as well. What are your thoughts on it, man? Because I know you've kind of, it, again, it all came out of nowhere. I don't even know how it came out of nowhere, like where it came from either. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely um, exciting stuff. I mean, we already do so much that, um, you know, stretch ourselves thin as as it is. So just being able to, you know, have a couple of guys who now that we could trust to, you know, put out good stuff out there, good dynasty stuff, which like you said, people have been asking for every single time. Uh, it's it's always people want to hear more dynasty from us. So now we got it. Exactly. And, and don't get me wrong. Although we won't be hosting it, we, we will still be a part of it. I'm sure we'll go on the podcast and there'll be times where I even help out hosting because why not? <laughs> I enjoy it. It is what it is. And if the reason why you're wondering, wow, Curland is over here, really, really mild-mannered tonight, it's because it takes being after midnight for me to stop being talk, stop talking so fast to actually be a normal tone. So maybe we need a <laughs> podcast later more often because it's nice for me to not be stumbling over my words. It's nice for me to be articulating my words. This is a nice change of pace. And it's like, it's, it's weird. This isn't me. Normally, I'm like a million miles per hour. So, yeah, anyway. <laughs> last little bit of news and tonight if you didn't see the title already we're just doing a dynasty value check because why not end our dynasty talk essentially because we're going to pick up dynasty talk on the new podcast so we'll do some dynasty talk tonight but we're going to talk but we're focusing on the major league guys so we're going to get into a couple guys that are aging some injured players just to, what we like to, what the thoughts are on them as a whole and like as far as how we approach them if we were drafting today or if we're in a you know an established league how we go about you know do we trade them do we uh, cut them like stuff like that so we'll talk about a few names but the last thing we're going to talk about before we get into that is um we you're going to see some content and it's already on the site if you go to basis it's this 2020 mlb remix league you can follow that on twitter at mlb remix and george and i are in it as well as zach a few of our writers as well and uh, sp streamers and his guys mike and his guys over there um we have uh, eric cross um a couple of uh, ralph lifshitz like other big names so it's, it's really loaded with industry types and i i, po I post like a little rundown of literally tagging all 34 people because there's a couple co-owned teams but the ultimate idea of this league is that for us to redraft this league from like mlb from scratch so you're gonna see some content coming out from this and it's not necessarily completely fancy related, but we will have a lot of player discussions and player analysis. So I think ultimately it's going to help fantasy leagues as well. So it'll help bridge the gap, give you a little more content to listen to, and you'll get to follow along. Again, you can follow everything about this league at that Twitter handle I mentioned at MLB Remix or on the basesloadnetwork.com uh, site because, again, there's a tab with everything there as far as the rundown, everything behind it all the divisions all the teams all the rosters we're going to update the standings everything and we're still drafting right now so <laughs> yeah yeah it's a really cool thing it's really fun i think we're only through like 14 or 15 rounds so out of, out of 50 i mean <laughs> yeah out of 50 we're drafting 50 rounds so the idea um matt williams and put it together and and you helped you know do all, everything uh, set this thing up so um you know we got we 30 writers drafting you know uh, 30 teams, real life teams. So it, it's been fun between this and us playing uh, our 30 team MLB, the show league. It's kind of, it's kind of like opened our eyes to like, you know, a bunch of different sides, uh, aspects of baseball. Now, like we're putting Defense. together these teams on OOTP. Exactly. And, and we're Defense taking into consideration matters. a lot of things. 
that we hadn't, you know, we wouldn't have in uh, in fantasy. So it's just a, uh, yeah, it, it's it's kind of weird to transition between like playing the show, playing OOTP, and then now talking, now bringing things all back to like a fantasy perspective. So, yeah, <laughs> I think what it does do is it honestly gives me a better understanding of baseball. And what do I mean by that? Not that I didn't understand it, but it, it almost gives you a reminder of how, like, because you can understand, oh, a lefty comes in to face a lefty, but now, like, playing the game or what, playing the simulations make you understand how much that really matters. So mm-hmm. when you're drafting these teams, you target a lefty. So now when you hear a lefty's a closer, you can understand why it's weird. Because I know personally, I can see, now I have a better understanding just by kind of play, like, being more involved in this stuff, why it's just better to have a righty closing. So when you have a lefty closer, like a Will Smith, you know, he's not a closer per se, but people thought he could be for the Braves. He is lefty, right? I'm losing my mind here. Yeah. I think he's lefty. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, because hold on. But yeah, it's okay. Mind. Yeah, I can understand why they don't want to utilize him as a, as a closer because lefties are essentially, I, I'd say more times than not, unless they're facing lefties, they can be easier to hit. That's why lefty specialists exist. So little, little intricate things like that. You see, uh, defense matters more and it's just it's kind of cool but it gives you an idea of just i don't know i feel like and it also gives you a deeper better understanding of the player pool because now you're looking at 30 teams times 50 players that's a lot of math um and i know there's a way to do it fast but i can't so i'm gonna pull up my trusty calculator 50 times 30 players that's 1500 players so what this will do like, oh, that sounds like it's going to be a waste of time. It might be a waste of time. But what it's going <laughs> to do is at the end of the day, we are going to know players deeper than ever before. 1,500 players is never the deepest leagues I play and do 750 players. So I'm doubling mm-hmm. that. And then what this will do is it's going to open a lot of eyes to a lot of players, like players that have sneaky value in the deepest of leagues or maybe a bullpen arm you grab because he's like in this system. He's like in AAA. You're like, you know, and you never would have opened your eyes or looked at him prior to this game. And this could be the guy who's a closer for your, for the t- for the team in two years, and it's just random things like that. Like it might give us a leg up on the competition for fantasy aspect that we never thought about before. So I think ultimately this league will lead to some honestly like some awesome quality content and um, overall knowledge. So that's kind of interesting. That's that's my take on it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Right? So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And then I think um, I think Matt mentioned that the uh, after the the draft. Uh, you, he might open up some uh, a betting uh, for like charity and stuff. So, I mean, there's just trying to get, just trying to get something positive, you know, and, and something that we can, we can do like content wise. And well, Matt, uh, put on, Matt put on a three hour live stream on this thing the other night. So give yeah. you an idea. Like, <laughs> and there's interest. People were watching all night long. And again, it's not just because the names involved, not, you know, like I said, I mentioned some of the bigger names, but, also because it's just again it's providing content and it's we're all having fun we are interacting with people who decide to actually reach out to us on twitter about this so again you can find it where you can find it i'm not gonna reiterate it over and over again because it's being a dead horse under the ground but <laughs> enough about that again and i think one of the next couple podcasts you george and i are gonna you george you are george you zach and i are gonna get together and um talk about our teams our strategy and go through player analysis that way. So I wanted to introduce that concept. And the reason why I think it'll be beneficial for you to stay tuned and listen in, because I know it might not be for everybody. And I just want to be upfront about it, but I think it's a fun idea. And I think it's going to ultimately bring some good analysis to this podcast too, along with just hearing us talk a lot of crap and have fun in the process. So with that that being said, let's get into these dynasty names. Now we reached out to Twitter and most of the people that responded happen to be writers for our site or other people's sites. So I might even read the names of the people, but we're going to go through the players. And right at the top, Charlie Blackman of the of the Rockies, maybe? Question mark. That's kind of my thoughts on him. But, um, Charlie Blackman, what do you think about him in a dynasty in dynasty format? Let's say let's break it down both ways. Let's look at him if you're drafting today or if you're owner of him in a, in a longstanding league. Yeah, so Blackman, I mean, if, if you're starting a dynasty league today, I mean, he's he's 33 years old, and I mean, <laughs> if MLB goes through with their with their proposed with their plan, I mean, they they kind of called it more of an idea at this point than than an actual plan. But if it comes to fruition and we have baseball played in in Arizona, uh, and you know these all these Rockies players are not are not playing at Coors. Uh, 
I mean, you're you're looking at, I mean, you're like you're you're waiting on Blackman until he's 34 when he's back back in cores. So I mean, he, he's someone I'm probably waiting quite a while, or or maybe just staying away from at this point. You look at his uh, home and road splits. I mean, 256 on the road uh, and 379 at home. So you know that you know Coors is helping out big time and um yeah i mean he, he's someone and then on the other side if you already have him in all honesty i'm probably okay selling him for whatever someone is willing to give at this point <laughs> whatever i'll give you a uh, uh <laughs> like, i'll give you a I mean, used socks like what are you like what's going on here yeah i have i have no problem like even like you know, selling low if that if that's what you want to call it. But I mean, would you take Conforto for him? Oh, absolutely. Would you take Mancini with the unknown? I mean, there was a report that said he'd be you know should be one hundred percent relatively soon. But maybe someone, maybe the Mancini owner wants to sell sell from what he can get, and I feel like that would be an interesting interesting deal. It it would, and I think I would take Mancini. Okay, I'm, thinking, I'm just I'm just thinking off names off the top of my head because that's like that range of player. Would you take Puig over him though? Oh man, um, I think I don't think I could personally. That's why I was asking because Puig is. I think I would take what I can get. I think I would. Uh, well, I think I would just accept what I get from Blackman this year and and just mm-hmm. yeah, that one. That one's another tough one. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's. Yes, I said Puig. For me, it's not tough. I, I mean, Blackman. I honestly still think I would take Blackman over every Mancini. Would be hard for me to turn down because I'm kind of I'm low on Blackman as well. But it'd be kind of close. I think I would still take Blackman because I usually go for the win now, and I think he might be the best player this year. Mm-hmm. Or, or obviously, it depends on how this year goes. But the home road splits. Okay, this is why I'm thinking. Cores, uh, the core. Everyone talking about cores and their players being at a disadvantage. I don't think it's going to be that big of a disadvantage because, and hear me out, because um, the biggest reason is those games in Arizona are going to be similar to Chase Field prior to Chase Field having the humidor. So mm-hmm. take away the humidor, that ball is flying out of that park anyway. So, yes, they would lose a little bit, but you're talking about a team that goes from having really bad home road splits to just playing in Chase Stadium pre-humidor type of climate. With that said, maybe some of the road splits wouldn't won't exist because they'll be playing in this similar atmosphere all year round or the whole season. So there would be some give and take. So the home road splits won't be so uh, there won't be such a severity between the home road splits, which would allow them to be a little less uh, significant. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like that's where my head went when I thought about them playing there because they lose a little bit technically. You know, it's cores. But they still gain. I'd say they get gain quite a bit for what would be like the road splits. You know what I mean? I think it breaks even, in a sense. Okay. So that's how I'm looking at it, the Rockies as a whole. Well, I mean, I guess if you kind of want to, you know, I, I don't. Yeah, two fifty six on the road, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that he would be a two fifty six hitter uh, because I do know that sometimes it takes, you know, so Rockies hitters uh, like after a homestand, uh, you know, a little bit of time to adjust. Uh, when they go play on the road. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's going to be a little bit of adjustment. I wouldn't say he would be a 256 hitter, but maybe like a 270 to 280 hitter outside of Coors. Um, still very and good. And then, yeah, yeah, it's still good. But, and then at the same time, like, you're not, how many steals do you think you're going to get from Blackman at this point? Five. Like, probably, right, like five. And if you're, if you say he's like a 270 to 280 hitter, um, maybe 25 home runs and, Five steals. I mean, I, I'm not I think saying he's fa- I'm not saying he's good at all or fantastic, but I think I know I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. I'm definitely in the sell mindset with him as well. Mm-hmm. It's just it's. I just think right now I don't want to just settle. I, like the names I like Puig is somebody I would uh, just say no to because there's so much uncertainty there. But you know, a Conforto I can understand it. Mancini I can definitely understand it as well. It also depends on your league format and all that. That's always know your always know your settings, but. Like, I'm just thinking, like, I'd, I'd be okay writing it out. I'm not going to just give him away to a contender. Maybe you can get a solid, maybe like a top 50 prospect in return or something. Maybe you never know which you never know what you can get in what league you're in, man. But it's all about trading at the right time. And if you, if you, you know, maybe, maybe the, that's another thing. You might be like, you know, I'm kind of leaning to no season happening. 
I'm being a little more optimistic every day, but at the same time, I'm still leaning towards little to no season. You might have somebody in your league that's like a win-now team that's like, oh, yeah, this going to be a season. you got to take advantage of that because if you're pessimistic like me and that person's optimistic, they might be willing to pay more. So you kind of have to shop around a little more than your average uh, time of the year. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Your average time in general like when you right. try to shop around. So you might have to see and there's more trading right now. It's kind of more of a strategy. Now you got to figure out who's more in and who's more out on the idea of a league happening that could affect what you get in return for these players. Cause somebody might try to be like, well, there's no season this year. I'll pay for up. So the price is reduced because now he's older next year. And that's what I'm getting them type of thing. Right. So I'm, I'm kind of more in, in that, in that mindset in that, like you're not really getting Charlie Blackman until his maybe age 34 season. And then at that point, how much, you know, how much Charlie Blackman is he at that point? And I'm, I'm kind of more thinking, I'm trying to sell for what I can get now before the value just completely bottoms out. So you're the type of person that should be avoided when it comes to trading Blackman away. Cause obviously you're not buying in to him mm-hmm. that much as is, let alone if there's a lost season, you're out on him altogether. I'm kind of with you. I like, I did a startup dynasty this year. Didn't even think about it. It was like the sixth round. I think he was still there. Didn't even cross my mind. I was like, no, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm with you on that. Try the back one. Maybe you and I are both too low. I wish somebody else here was higher. But on the flip side here, you have a uh, oh geez, why did the name Ike Hilliard come to mind? You have Sam <laughs> Sam Hilliard, same team. He's on the rise, but not really sure what to expect. It's still such a cluster job. Being nice, mm-hmm. is good, nice word to say. A cluster job over there, man. But um, he's still probably cheap enough to get. Like re- cheap, like he's still probably somebody can get relatively cheap. So I'm not much to add. They're not not earth breaking analysis there, but <laughs> I got to really um, Yeah, so Hilliard, like you said, he he might be someone who you could still get right now at a discount. Uh, kind of a late bloomer, 26 years old, still a little bit unknown. Uh, but I mean, once once we get these, you know, baseball back, and it, it's just it's so hard right now without clarity as far as like what's going to happen this year. So, I mean, say we don't get any Rockies hitters, you know, playing in cores this year, by the time they go back, I mean, he'll still just be 27 years old. He, you know, he's got the, the, the power, ton of power, good power speed combo guy. I mean, the only thing, one of the biggest things obviously standing in his way is his own team as far as like, blocking him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I think he could be someone that you could probably, possibly get like at a maybe at a discount or some even if it isn't, isn't a discount just someone to take a flyer on at this point you know for uh maybe for 2021 and he might be depending on the depth of your dynasty format he could be available on the waiver wire because if you're in a 10 teamer even a 12 teamer 12 teamer he should be owned but if he's not might be worth trying to go out and make that happen it would depend on i mean there's a there might be a name or two on this list we'll get to uh that you you could drop for him but other than that, um, JD Martinez, I have zero doubts in his skill set. He's more of a DH anyway. I would draft him relative. I, he's falling in dynasty formats. He, um, I would probably still take him up. I'd say probably the fourth round. Get you know a little bit of age discount there, third, fourth round maybe, depending on the depth of the league. But at the end of the day, I have zero doubt in his production. Still going to hit in the heart of a what's still a pretty solid lineup. You know, Bogarts, uh, Devers, Benintendi. JD Martinez, maybe not much lineup protection around him beyond that, but still a good lineup. Still a player I have zero doubt in, and the age isn't really a concern for me yet. What about you? Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you. Still big on JD Martinez. Love JD Martinez. Um, 32 years old right now at this point. DH, big boost for him. Obviously, um, I, I think you could count on his bat still for a few more years and. I think the only concern I would have is maybe um, I know last year he kind of had some back issues popping up here and there. So as he gets older, maybe that's that's something. Maybe he gets a few more rest days. But I mean, yeah, I have I have no doubt in, in his bat, and he's someone who I think you you said it like fourth. I wouldn't you know fourth round tops um, in a, in like a startup right now. Be perfectly fine with that. Uh, let's see who's next on this. Yeah, we have quite a few names. So. I can't believe I'm saying this, but for some reason, I want to buy back into Gregory Planco. I've been on this Planco bandwagon for years now, and I just can't jump off. And I did jump off, and I'm kind of inching my way back on because he's still only 28 years old. 
And there's such a good buy low window here for a power speed combination. How much speed is to be determined? But, and I mean, he's not a big power guy, he means, but he could be like a 2015 guy. I mean, in 2016, he put up 22 and 17, and that was in just 144 games. In 108 games in 2017, 11 and 8, and 130 games in 2018, 23 and 12. And last year, we all know his last year, 42 games. Six home runs, three stolen bases. He's not going to hit better than 245 to 255. So batting average can be an issue. But ultimately, health is a concern. But his price hasn't been much lower. I don't think it's ever been lower. And if he can bounce back even mildly, I still think a 2010 floor, or if you want to get really technical on the floor, like a 15-10 floor. But I'd say 2010 is really likely with chance to produce better. So as long as you don't need batting average, power and speed combination, and a guy you can get, seriously, probably for nothing or off your waiver wire in a shallow format, I'm all about Gregory Polanco's uh, current dynasty value. I'd be buying him up. Do you have anything thoughts on that? Nope. Uh, you pretty much hit it. It's probably get him essentially free right now at this point. Um, yeah. I, it, I it would just, need I, to be. I was going to say, am I, am I more optimistic than you are? I don't think so. I mean – not someone that I'm going out and, and targeting, you know, but maybe if you can get him like as a throw in in, in a trade, I, I'm just, I'm not sure. It just depends on how the owner uh, sees him at this point. But yeah, I mean, the, the injury is obviously still a, a big concern, but if he could stay healthy, I think 20 and 10, 240 to 250 is exactly, exactly what you can get. We're coming on about half an hour. We have a lot more names to get to. So some of these names we won't get so deep into. All right. On that note, we're going to go ahead and take a brief break and we'll be right back with you after a word from our sponsors. And we're back. But Clint Frazier is the next guy up that's been suggested to us by Twitter. And I'm just going to simply say free Clint Frazier. He's just limited due to his situation. 25 years old, still plenty of power upside, but he's kind of stuck. It's hard to really value him because obviously the Yankees won't deal him. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. So he is one who, I mean, Hey, he, he went when he got taken in our uh, OTP, you know, MLB remix draft, I was kind of disappointed because he was someone that I was targeting. Uh, You know, these guys that are kind of blocked as far as their, their real life team goes um, are kind of going at a value at this point in in that draft. And like you said, free Clint Frazier. I mean, he's, he's shown in flashes, um, you know that that uh, he could produce. Uh, he's hit about 265 and 267 the last in, in I mean limited time the last couple of years. But um, yeah, I mean, would like to see him. I'd like to see him hitting in that stadium. I'd just like to see it do it. Yeah. See him do it full time. <laughs> well, the thing is, though, is it's crazy because there's always so many injuries there. But because mm-hmm. of all the injuries, they they still don't have a spot for it. It's like they still don't because they have Andujar now. They have Talkman. They're just it's an embarrassment of riches for the Yankees. I mean, and the crazy part about Frazier, I wish he would run more. I know he hasn't really ran much since 2017, where he stole 10 bags that year. But he had, he had, uh, 2017, 2016, 15, and 14, he stole 10 or more bases those seasons. So, unfortunately, he hasn't shown that much, you know, of, as far as aggression on the base pass since. But it's I still think the skill set's there. You don't lose – the skill set of, of stone bases at 25 years old, I don't think. So it, I think it would just depend on his playing time opportunity. And he has sprinkled in some here and there. So it's not like he's not yeah. stealing any. So I think there's like maybe some hidden, you know, five to 10 stone base. 10 would be the obvious ceiling at this point, but there's like still like a, some, some sprinkle in speed there. So. Yeah. I would like to see him improve on his plate discipline as well. Plate discipline is pretty kind of bad. I mean, um, the walk rate's not great, you know, 6.5% last season, 28% um, strikeout rate, 31% strikeout rate in 2018, 30% in 2017. So I would like to see him improve um, on, on that plate discipline. I think that could help him, someone like him tremendously. Yeah, I mean, like like you said, um, it's yeah. just he, he's shown it in flashes, you know, it's just you'd like to see it. All right, moving on from Clint Frazier, Luis Arias is, is the next guy on this list, and I've been against him <laughs> – all off season, just because I still think there's, you can't project as far as growth goes when it comes to body structure, body type, and you know maybe throws off a few pounds and changes a little bit of skill set. But showing with that hit, the hit tool is interesting, but I really don't have much interest outside of say what 15 team league 
maybe a deep roster 12 team league if you if you need batting average but i i i don't know man i'm not if i could sell him i would because i have zero interest in truly going after him what do you think about luis arias luis arias is someone who i mean it, it seems like you either are really in on him or, or you're really off of him um it's just kind of what I've I've seen, and I'm kind of I'm, I'm with you. I mean, that's boring. one category guy. You know, I mean, he, he, the hit tool is is no doubt. You know, no doubt about the hit tool. Does he's not going to strike out? Um, probably going to walk just as much as you strike out, so if not more. So you like that? You know, he's going to get on base. Just one of those guys that. I mean, just a, just a one category guy. Really, you'd like to see him hitting on top that lineup if he's going to get on base that that as, that as much as you know as he's shown that he could, and he could score a ton of runs hitting on top of that lineup. The thing is, like, he's probably likely not going to. I don't see that changing anytime soon either. <laughs> that lineup yeah. is loaded for the, for years to come. So we both agree on Arias makes for boring uh, podcast talk. Jeff McNeil <laughs> next man up on this list. As far as dynasty values goes, I'm meh. He, I kind of think he is who he is. You know what you got. He's a proven. I feel like at this point, he's a proven commodity. Set him, forget him type. Not really much there. He fits that roster stabilizer role. I, I like to give out to people, where you just kind of know what he offers. But I don't know. I'm not selling. I, if I have him, I'm just keeping him. Unless somebody pulls me away with an offer, it's hard to really. He's not going to give you much in return. But he's not going to get you what he's what he deserves either. Yeah, I, I think I think I'm a little higher on him actually. Um, I think I'm a little higher, and I think I'd rather have him. I think I'd rather have him over the Blackman at this point. I can get um, on board with that, but maybe maybe it's an unpopular opinion. Actually, I'm wondering. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. In Dicely, I can see that because again, it's we're talking long term, and their yeah. skill sets aren't too far off. Blackman offers the power upside because of cores. Take away cores and they aren't going to be too far off. I mean, it's still more powerful Blackman, but you get my point. It's kind of similar idea and player. One just has a one's just younger, but not much younger. How old is how old is a good old McNeil's twenty eight? Yeah, McNeil's yeah, twenty eight. Uh, only like, so only five, five years. years. Only five mm-hmm. years. Man, <laughs> I'm yeah, kidding. I'm kidding. Five years is a big deal. Five more <laughs> years so, but yeah, back to the point, I guess. Yeah, I think I, I would rather have McNeil than Blackman at this point, especially in points leagues. I mean, in points leagues, he is absolutely valuable. Um, you know, he's going to get you know extra base hits. Uh, that average is going to help uh, tremendously. So, yeah, points leagues, he's he's probably uh, a stud there. And yeah, I mean, even in Roto, he's going to chip in maybe seven or eight steals. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually I'm a big big fan of McNeil. The next man on this list. Offers way more than chip and speed. And it's Alberto Mondesi. I am so strongly against this guy. And and it shows. And, man, if you have him in a points league and the settings aren't heavily favoring stolen bases, you need to find a way to sell him based on his name and the the rankings because there's a lot of rankings that are based on Roto formats that a lot of people follow. And he might be a perfect guy to be able to get from under because of that. And... In Roto Leagues, though, how do you approach Mondesi in Dynasty formats? Because he's only 24 years old. Oh, man. Um, I mean, yeah, he, he is 20, only 24 years old. It's That plate discipline is just so bad. I know. Man, it, it, it's so bad. He strikes out so much. He doesn't walk very much. But those steals, I mean, those steals are obviously very valuable. He, he's got tremendous speed, so he could run a high, you know, really high BABIP. Uh, he's got a little bit of power too, so he's not like he's not exactly like a Malik Smith type. You know, he is going to contribute some power. He's not someone that I'm going after at his price. I've been mostly off of him this season, and in dynasty, just because I, I like a more I like a more well-rounded game. You know, it's just yeah. he can give you that that average could just bottom out, or My, it's just a volatile. It's a volatile uh, profile. Exactly. So if you're if you're a high risk, high reward player, he fits your team. But at his draft price in dynasty formats, and I, I would avoid him because again, I'm I'm with you. I don't like to just target one, maybe two categories because I don't think the power is going to reach its potential because of the plate discipline. He's going to keep mm-hmm. seeing more and more pitches out of the zone because he's his he's obviously willing to swing at more and more pitches, and he's very aggressive. So. And his speed allows him to outperform his metrics because he's not supposed to even be a 260 hitter, let alone 
263 and 276 last two years. But right. he carries a lot of weight. I would sell high because I'm sure you still can find an owner that's truly into him. I would sell high if I could. And yes, I understand the stone bases are very valuable, but man, he just can't stay healthy. So you add those, you know, the knickknack injuries, the shoulder he's coming off injury from, you know, he has, he's a speedster. They have a higher chance and, and they have a tip. They're typically always injuring soft tissue injury. Again, they're typically always getting some form of soft tissue injury, whether it be a groin, a hamstring, name it, a hand from sliding. I know they have the oven mitts these days, but still, it's you know, you name it, these guys get it. And at the end of the day, I'm kind of just trying to avoid it, and I'm willing to sell them off for for a sell because you probably still get a good return. So, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. You could probably fetch a good return for Mondesi right now. Someone in your league is uh, going to be willing to pay up. There's always one. There's always one. Absolutely. There's a, there's a couple guys here. I shouldn't I shouldn't clump them together, but it's two pitchers, so I'm going to. It's Andrew mm-hmm. Heaney and Caleb Smith. As much as I like, I, I like both these guys. I'm really big on the Heaney train this year. I broke them down, and I think in multiple articles actually. But um, Caleb Smith as well. He had notable differences in his um in his in his pre injury and post injury numbers. You saw mm-hmm. everything get worse. The K rate went down. The the home runs went up. The name a metric and it went the wrong direction after the injury after the hip and with it also there was also a noticeable a noticeable uh, velocity decline i believe and a and a pitch mix change that also kind of coincided with the uh change in the uh performance so depends on which Caleb Smith you're buying into i'm willing to give him benefit of the doubt and right now again he's another guy that's pretty much free and he should be relatively cheap to go out and acquire so assuming the price is right i'm willing to i'm really willing to go out and make a point to get Caleb Smith and he need, he's harder. Cause a lot of people still buy in. He can't stay healthy, but he, they still buy in. I don't know what you think about Heaney. Cause I know I'm in on him. Heaney. I mean, still only 28 years old, but he's only had one healthy season. Um, and I, it's not that he can't, I mean, it's totally possible that, that he can put that behind him, but he's had one healthy season. And in that healthy season, he, he had a 4.15 year. This was 2018. Um, yeah, this kind of these kind of players, uh, as far as Heaney goes, it, I'm I'm kind of off of. These aren't guys that I personally like to go for, um, like in dynasty leagues. It's just, I think it just seems like it could always be something, you know. I think you, I think right now, unfortunately, when you're drafting him, and I'm saying this as a true Heaney guy, you kind of have to take him almost where he's valued. Like you don't really get much return on investment unless he's healthy. But you can't bet on the health because, like you said, he's never healthy. So, without with that being said, you kind of have to take it for what it's worth. You, you're kind of buying in best case price. I feel like, yeah, or not not best case price, but you're buying in almost in the middle. You're not not too high, not too low. It's just kind of right. So again, the return investment potential isn't really there. That's the only issue with them as far as redraft as drafting a dynasty league goes right now. Outside of that, I, I do like that he improved. Uh... His uh, swing and strike weight uh, tremendously. I mean, at fourteen percent, you'd love to see that from a starter. Yeah, because that is it's that curveball is just nasty, man. He just gets that fastball, gets crushed. Yeah, he's uh, again just another guy that if you have him, you're kind of stuck with him. You can't really, you won't get what he could be. Like the problem is, is he has so he has the potential to legitimately be a top thirty starting pitcher in a given year. He really does. But you can't get a top 30 pitcher in return for him. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to be selling him for either equal or lesser value right now. Unless you're trying to solve for, obviously, for prospects, which that's a whole other discussion. It depends on, like, I don't even know what you can get, honestly, because pitching prospects, it's either you're really good or you're not type of thing with pitching prospects, too. And a lot of people don't value pitching prospects in dynasty formats because there's no such thing as a pitching prospect, right? Tin snap, right? <laughs> exactly. So. Uh, and then, as far as Caleb Smith goes, um, like you said, just big time splits between the first and second half. You kind of wonder about injury, about fatigue. Um, I mean, I I don't like that they're moving the fences in for him there in in Miami, and uh, being the extreme fly ball hitter that he is, and giving the, up the contact that he does. Uh, kind of looks like he may might have overperformed his uh, you know swinging strike rate. Uh, a bit, you know, only 12%, uh, had 26% K rate. So, I mean, yeah, Caleb Smith, um, 
he's someone that I'm probably not targeting. And um, I mean, if I have him, maybe seeing if uh, gauging the your league, you know, see if if someone is in on him. All right. So this, this person's last request was buy low second base options, and there's a lot of them, and they're mostly older. You can buy low on a lot of older guys. Like Starlin Castro should be cheap. Cesar mm-hmm. Hernandez should be cheap. These are guys we've broken down multiple times on this podcast. Oh, yeah. You're, you're a big believer in Castro in his second half with a little bit of change in the swing, if I remember correctly, and putting the ball in the air more. Right, yeah. So over the last few years, he's made more contact. He's uh, put the ball in the air a little bit more. And, yeah, it led to a big-time second half last year. Now he's going to Washington. So, I mean, I have just spoken so much about uh, Starlin Castro. And, uh, yeah, absolutely love him, uh, especially now now in, in Washington. Uh, you mentioned Cesar Hernandez. Yep. <laughs> uh, would love to see him batting at the top of the Cleveland lineup. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Second base is just, you know, it's kind of, you have like the top like 12, 13 guys. And then after that, there's just so much unknown. Um, a guy down here uh, that we have ranked uh, about 17, uh, Brandon Lowe, who I know you're really high on is someone that, that I really like as well. Um, someone that I would, I would be targeting. I just don't think uh, he's a buy low option. I think he still has relatively solid value in dynasty formats. Yeah, if we're talking buy low, that's why I named I'm the older go- guys because you're getting these older guys late. Like Castro is boring and old, but you can get him late. And these are deeper leagues because most if you have the, if you have the roster starling Castro or Cesar Hernandez as your starter, you're already in trouble. Like not that, not, right. that not that you're in trouble, but you know what I mean. Like they shouldn't be starting for you at second base. But there is one more. Yeah. Game. Uh, there's a couple names down here that I think you'd like, like Shed yeah, Long, so, is a big guy for you. Yeah, I'm a big, uh, big Shed, uh, Shed Long believer. Uh, as far as buy low, uh, second base, uh, I mean, I know this guy is, is just one of the most um, polarizing players in, in fantasy and in baseball, but Rugnet Odor. He's actually been improving his plate discipline uh, little by little over the last few years, which is, which is encouraging. But He's got 30-10 in him. I mean, he could hit 30. Yeah, and if you're playing in an average league, uh, not like uh, OBP, he might not be all that different from like a Kevin Vigio. And what do you, what do you, what are your thoughts on Odor? Ooh, that's actually not a bad comp. As far as um, he offers a little more power and a little speed, mm-hmm. and you know, success rate on bases has never been all that great. So I'm surprised he still let him run. But I wish I could reference the stat. There was a really good or interesting stat on him that I saw somewhere or heard somewhere that made me buy in just a little bit to the idea of, of wanting to own him, but I can't give it to you, so I apologize. So that ramble that rambling is for nothing. <laughs> but speaking of Kevin Biggio, he's the next guy on this list. Biggio, we again, another guy, a very popular topic on this podcast. He hit under 200 this spring with a with the on-base with an on-base percentage of 345. And he did so while stealing two bases and hitting no home runs. Very, very small sample size. But I think he literally is the epitome of good, not great. I don't see him growing much more. I think this is kind of who he is. I know it's crazy to say that because, you know, him being young and all. But, I mean, he is, what, 25 years old. So he's entering his prime. Could there be another level? Sure. But I'm 2020 is probably his ceiling. With 15-15 being his floor. Like, that's just the type of guy I find find him to be. His batting average will always be a liability, but he will walk a ton. So, OBP in points leagues probably gains value there. What do you think about Kevin Biggio, though? Yeah, you know, like you said, I'm just not sure how much more growth there's going to be. He kind of came into the spring uh, looking like the same player as far as um, – yeah, I mean, he's going to take a lot of pitches. It'd be interesting to see how he would do if he swung a little more. I mean, he's only got a 35.9% swing rate. Uh, league average was right around about 47% swing rate. So, yeah, I mean, OBP league, obviously a huge boost. There's probably a big disparity in his value between both um, OBP and, and average leagues. So if you're in an OBP league, he's uh, takes, takes a big boost in his value right there. Uh, and then as far as, yeah, his average, it's just, yeah, I'm not too sure there's going to be much more growth until we see maybe what he can do. He would have to change his approach as a hitter and swing the bat a little bit more, you know, if we're going to see maybe some growth in, in his average, the potential growth in his average. But yeah, I mean, that remains to be seen. We'll see. I just, 
I'm not sure he's more than uh, like a two, maybe 240 hitter tops. I'm 100% with you. And again, another guy I think is getting drafted relatively appropriately in dynasty formats right now. Not a guy I would go out of my way to go after, but not again, not, not a guy I'm really trying to sell as I can sell high. But what can you really get for, you know, what are you selling high for? Again, it all depends on what you can get. Every every player has a price. I always firmly believe every player has a price. So it's all about what you can yeah. get in return when it comes to selling. But when it comes to buying, he what you pay for him is probably going to be what he's – like. you're not going to really get much more if you go to sell him even next year or two. It's just my, my opinion because, again, I think we see – I think he is who he is. Marcus Semyon, however, kind of came out of nowhere. People don't realize, like, he's been kind of good for a while now, but he finally kind of put it all together last year. This is a guy who's stolen 10 bases or more since 2015, a guy who hit 25 home runs twice in that span, 25 home runs or more, I should say, 27 or more technically. 33 last year, but that was obviously because he had a career-high play appearance of 747. And juice ball. So I think realistically he's closer to that 27 mark, maybe 25 mark. But double-digit steals shouldn't be a doubt. We saw the growth in the plate discipline all the way around between the walk rate shooting up, K rate shooting down. And all of its indicate all his plate discipline metrics also indicate, you know, show the growth that backs it up. So at the end of the day, I kind of just broke him down already. I really like Semyon. The only issue is, is what is he, 28? I think so. He's 29. He's, 29. he's 29 right now. Uh, like you said, kind of uh, was a big time accumulator last year. Last two years, he's had over 700 plate appearances. Last year, mm-hmm. had 749, hit 33 home runs, 10 steals. I will say that um, I am a little bit concerned about the speed. His efficiency has gone down every year over the last few years. Um, so I, I will say that I think actually right now is a big, big. Uh, selling opportunity for Marcus Simeon. I think you could sell high right now if you're a Marcus Simeon owner. Um, I, I, it's not that I don't believe in the skills because he he's actually been one of the most improved players in baseball um, over the last couple of years. He has absolutely worked hard and um, he's just become a much better better player, period, deep, both defensively and offensively. Um, so absolutely hats off to Marcus Simeon. But I, I think right now is I don't think he's as good as he um, – as he performed last year, I think part of that was just, you know, the ridiculous amount of, of plate appearances. And then I, I think he's more of maybe like a 270 hitter, uh, 25 home runs. You, you know, you you hit it on the head right there, you know, as far as expectations go. So I think, yeah, I think right now could be um, actually a big selling opportunity for Marcus Simeon and uh, 29, age 29 season. Like I like I, I had mentioned, you know, about his efficiency on the base pass, we see that, you know, declining as players age. And so if we have a lost season here, we're looking at him going into his age 30 season next year. Um, so speed for me is just a little bit of a question mark going forward for, for Simeon. I'm with you. He has to be a sell. If for nothing else, that I mean, unless you're a win now team, obviously you hold on. Mm-hmm. It's something he had, you know, he's only 29. I think he'll yeah. age fine for a couple more years, but shortstop being as deep as it is, there's no reason to uh, not sell. You can get a lesser shortstop thrown in, or you probably have one on your roster. Shortstop is ridiculously deep. If you can, if you can find somebody willing to pay pay a premium for him somehow, I would I would recommend doing so. Just because of some fact, again, his value may never be higher, and you could probably still get a contributing piece that's good enough and still be competitive, even if you sold them as a competing team. Just I, just because my big thing is. I put, you know, in dynasty formats, I always try to win it. There's times where I'm a competing team and I'll sell just because I see that there's relative value in what I'm return, getting in return, plus the extra piece I actually want for the rebuild in the future. So you can maneuver it. It's all about, you know, being smart about it, but it's possible to be a seller while also trying to win now. So it's just a matter of playing the game right. Fun thing about dynasty leagues, you know, you can kind of do it all. Um, yeah. <laughs> Sticking with his teammate, you have Ramon Laureano. I think you got. We all agree he just looks like a rising star. He's a solid all-around player, power, speed. It's all there. It all seems pretty legit. Again, not a huge analytical breakdown by any means, but he really, really broke out last year in only 123 games, uh, 24 home runs, 13 steals, 288 average. He had hurt. I think I believe it was like his shin. Um, 
he had injured his shin, came back and, and just picked right back up and went on a tear. He was kind of like on a Austin Meadows type of pace, uh, you know, with, with those numbers in, in 123 games. So absolutely someone who I'm buying into as a, you know, a rising star in the league. So he's an exciting player for sure. Transitioning over to some pitchers here. Tyler Glass now. What are you doing with Tyler Glass now in dynasty formats? Where are you drafting him? He's so polarizing. He's so interesting. So much upside. He was developing the splitter in the in spring training. Not sure how that was looking. I honestly haven't gone back and looked because there wasn't that much data on it. He was working on it. He was trying to add it to his arsenal. If he gets that third pitch, that's even league average. It he will be an elite pitcher. It's just about it's all about health with him. It's all about that third pitch. But I feel like the skies are the limit. But do we sell high here because of the health concerns? Um, you know, I I think I'm holding on to Tyler Glass now. I think um, the Rays know what they're doing as far as pitch, uh, pitching development goes. Uh, he's not someone that I'm worried about, you know, with, with that team. I think he's going to be someone that they're just going to let go and uh, just send him out there, let him go and, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be the ace for, for this staff, actually, you know, maybe in the next few years. So I, I like uh, I like Tyler Glass now a ton. It just seems like uh, it just seems like there's someone in, in in my leagues that just likes him more. You know, he's he's one of those guys. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm in on Glass now for sure. 100% with you. I'm not selling high unless unless I'm truly like full rebuild. And don't get me wrong. He's young. But if I'm like two or three years away. This might be the perfect opportunity so high. I mean, could he take the next step and be a top five guy? I think he honestly has it in him, but it would take a lot for him to get there. You know what I mean? To be the next Walker Bueller, to be that, you know, that to take that leap. I think it would take a little bit. It might take a couple of years. And by then you're also risking all the downside of, of, of coming with it. So I think hedging your bets right now and selling them, if you're a true contender, I can understand it. But even then I'm apprehensive. I kind of want to hold my shares. But what if I told you you can get a guy, a pitcher, that won 16 games last year, pitched 174 innings, and had a 3.35 ERA for, like, free this year in drafts, both Dynasty and Redraft? What would you say to that? Oh, man. Sure question. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's amazing. It's right? Well, then, then I tell you his K minus walk is 6.6%. His walks per nine was 4.43. K per nine is 7.01. With a strand rate of 78.1%. So it's actually about league average, which is surprising. He's heavily, heavily uh, dependent on that ground ball. It's 56.9% ground ball usage. Uh, or ground ball. Um, yeah, not usage, but ground balls last year. And that's Dakota Hudson of the Cardinals. He had a 3.35 ERA, but with it came a 4.93 FIP, a 4.55 oh, FIP. And where's that Sierra at? I lost it. I had it written down somewhere. Oh, a 5.08 Sierra. Nothing about this says sustainable. But that ground yeah. ball rate can help him sustain some of it. And you have to remember, he has Paul DeJong, who's an elite, like an elite glove at shortstop. He has Colton Wong, which is like an elite glove at second base. Goldschmidt at first base, a great glove there. Third base, I wouldn't call Carpenter good. But if Edmund gets more, gets more run there at third base, his glove should play up well. So the ground being such a ground ball heavy pitcher could help him outperform his peripherals, but he's very I feel like he's very wind dependent last year, and with the, with those walks and K rates, there's very little to be desired. I am a hard sell on Hudson. If you can get anything for him, I will take Tyler Beatty missing a year for like okay that's extreme. <laughs> you get my point though. I will take yeah him. absolutely. I will sell what I will sell him for whatever I can get. If he's on the waiver wire, I'm honestly it would take a lot for me to pick him up. Maybe a points league, and that's maybe just chasing the wins because he's on a relatively good team, a good pitcher's ballpark, and great defense behind him as far as the infield goes. Being such a heavy ground ball pitcher, so I don't know. Hudson's yeah, I'm good. I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean. Uh, <laughs> you made him sound really exciting until you said who mm -hmm. he let me know who he was, but that was the point. Um, yeah, Bumble. exactly. Bumble. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you though, exactly. Yeah, that was easy enough. I broke, I, yeah. I purposely, I, I was looking at stats, I was like, there's such a build up here just to be let down. And <laughs> last guy on this, on this list, we have a few more names here, but Willie Calhoun, 
I'll let you speak on Willie because I know you're a big fan. He's going to recover just fine from the jaw injury. He'll be ready by the time any season starts. But what are your thoughts overall on Willie Calhoun going forward for dynasty purposes? Oh, yeah. I'm a big, uh, big Willie Calhoun fan. Only 25 years old. And he showed, um, you know, big time flash last year um, with that Texas team. One of uh, he's, you know, uh, improving player. So doesn't strike out uh, a ton at all. So I love the profile. Uh, yeah, big, big Willie Calhoun fan. I think he's still undervalued. He might still be a buy low, even in dynasty formats. Yeah, I, I, like... I think Sorry, where he was going, I think where he's going, what, like in around the 160 range uh, in like redraft? He was probably barely a top. He's probably, he. you could argue in a year from now, he probably will be a top 100 player. Because I think this is the first year he's finally going to get the opportunity for the full at bats, or at least was. Again, season's going to be shortened, but Willie Calhoun's a guy that's going to be fringe top 100, I think, if not next year, within the next two years. That hit tool is legit. The guy is going to eventually be the DH there when Sinchu Chu uh, takes the train out of town. See what I did there? Bad dad joke. I love it. <laughs> and uh, in all seriousness, I think Calhoun is a potential buy low, even though the hype is there. I feel like the price might not be as expensive as we think and i think there's a good buying opportunity here definitely wouldn't sell and i definitely wouldn't you know i would hold on to if i had my shares like i said yeah (sighs) yeah um i mentioned he had been uh improving showed up on some trends that i was looking at uh this off season his uh, swinging strike rate has gone down each of the last three years contact rate has gone up so yeah i'm a big believer in in willie and what that basically means is He's make he's obviously like you said, he's making more contact and there's less holes in his swing, so it's a win-win. A couple good names here to finish us off here. I feel like I, I'm pairing a couple of these guys together. Sinzel and Buxton, kind of rapid fire these guys. Sinzel and Buxton, injury prone, power speed combinations. Buxton has more speed. I feel like Sinzel might have a little more power. Both are really good athletes. They just can't get out of their own way. They're both by lows, probably in Dynasty. Sinzel unfairly has fallen quite a bit and plus obviously i think there's a lot of uncertainty to playing time there for him buxton i i'm just i'm sick of waiting on it i think he still has it or has a chance to have that you know pseudo breakout but i don't know i'm sick of waiting on it i'm not selling him if i have him but i might buy low in a couple places just to get a couple shares in case you know i i in case i am suddenly giving up because i think he's cheap enough to take a chance on but you have any quick thoughts on those two uh, no, pretty much like you said, the playing time is a little bit in, in more uh, certain with Buxton, you know, that when he is back and, and healthy, which, I mean, he was kind of getting there uh, going into spring. So I think once we get the season started, he's going to be, uh, should be ready to get back out there. So I, I think the playing time for sure is uh, secure with Buxton as long as he could stay out there. And then Senzel, uh, you know, they got Akiyama out there. So uh, sharing that outfield with him. It's just a question of, you know, how much is he going to play? Um, but he should be healthy as well when the season starts. So both, I think both are maybe by lows at this point. I think maybe uh, Senzel a little bit more of a by low at, uh, at the moment. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, not much more to add there. <laughs> um, Benintendi, we'll get to in a minute. Because Dylan Cease is a guy I'm very excited for because he was showing, like, the, the re- reworked, I think it was reworked to delivery in spring it was actually paying dividends his walks were way down in spring and then you were you pair that with the fact that he had Yasmine Grandal you know catching for him and will be catching for him for a couple years Grandal can call a game like no other can pitch frame like like you know as good as anybody in the league and you're looking and that is paramount to the growth of a young guy with with who's had you know control issues all through the minors but has had elite strikeout upside I think there's a lot of excitement here a lot of potential and Cease is a guy, if I have him, I'm holding. I don't know how much – I don't know if you're going to be able to buy low on him, though, because it's going to be hard to get your hands on him. But in a redraft league, you're still getting a pretty good value on him. You're still getting him as like a SP5 type, in re, even in uh, – not redraft, sorry, in, in redraft dynasties. So, I don't know. I really like Don Cease uh, this year and moving forward. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Big value, um, especially in redraft. I think, um, I think dynasty people probably – little more uh, higher on him. The addition of Grandal is a big, big plus. So I'm excited, excited uh, to see what what Cees can do there. And the last, oh no, sorry, Devers is a guy. You okay? I'll let you cover Devers for sure. You're the Devers believer of the two of us. Not that I'm anti-Devers, just you are higher on him than I am. Go ahead and defend your guy. 
Yeah, love Rafael Devers. Big time breakout last year. I mean, no one hit more balls over 100 miles per hour in baseball than than Rafael Devers did. Um, so absolutely big time believer in his power. I mean, the, that that ballpark, he had 54 doubles, 54 doubles last year, 32 home runs, 311 average. So just I think he's going to continue to do that. I think he's going to continue to just be an elite hitter, um, just brought down the strikeout rate uh, from 24% in 2018, down to uh, 17% last season. So, yeah, I love, love Rafael Devers. I think he's someone that uh, you have him in Dynasty. I'm not selling him. I think he's a you know, top 10, top 15 player in Dynasty. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, unless you're getting like uh, Mike Trout, no, I'm I'm holding on to to Devers. And then this leads us to Benintendi, and I'm just looking for reasons to like what caused his issues last year. And I'm wondering if maybe an overly exaggerated launch angle caused it. But with that, because you know he actually increased it to a career high 17.3, which isn't bad, but it's career high, and with it came his like his worst production to date. But his barrel rate increased. His sweet spot percentage increased. I don't really know. Like his K, obviously we saw the walks decrease and the K's increase. He was probably a little more aggressive. I honestly don't know what to think about Benintendi. I know that he's a buy low. That much I can tell you, but I don't really know if I'm going to go out of my way to buy him because I think people are still going to try to sell you on this guy who could be a perennial 2020 floor guy with, you know, solid numbers as the leadoff guy for the Red Sox and only 25 years old. I, I don't I don't know. I'm not really in on him. What do you think about Benintendi? What's your take on him? No, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think he's someone who might just be one of these guys who were kind of up and down um throughout his career. Maybe like um I, I know they're very different uh type of players, but maybe like Eric Hosmer type, you know, like one year in, one year out kind of thing. Um yeah, as far as the stats go, it's just kind of boring at this point, you know, 13 uh, home runs, 10 steals, 266 average. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm kind of a little bit more pessimistic on, on Ben Attendee at this point. I, I would like to see him revert to his older ways. Last year, and what I mean by that, I'm talking about his plate discipline because Ben Attendee, he made some interesting changes. He was more aggressive, far more aggressive at the plate. He swung 51.2% of the time, a swing rate of 51.2%, and that was his career high mark by, by almost 6%, a little like 5.5% basically. Um, you look at his chase, his O swing percentage, which is essentially how much he swing at pitches outside the zone. Th- that was a career high as well. And that was a career high by about 4%. Swing strike rate almost like doubled. It was like a career 6, 7.4, 7.6, 7.5% swing strike rate. Last year was 11.6. So you're looking, like I said, it almost doubled. And all that came with decrease in contact numbers across the board and all areas of, of so i'm wondering again that that swing change it looks like or at least the launch angle change so he changed his launch angle he became more aggressive that gave him a lot more holes in the swing so he's probably better built to go ahead and level off level off that swing a little bit go ahead and you know try to make more contact and just deal with the fact that you're gonna be a 2020 guy and hit 280 instead of trying to be a 25 15 guy hitting 260 so i think i don't know i think he'd be better best served to go back to his old ways because it looks like last year was an outlier in his plate discipline. I'm hoping that that trend doesn't continue. Yeah, it doesn't help that he's a left-handed hitter in in um, in Boston. Yeah. There, terrible spot for him. And that's yeah. weird that I looked. His he was he was one for two in the second half for stolen bases. He stole ten on the year, but he only stole only attempted two in the second half. So was there an injury? I don't recall. Yeah, you know what? He only played 138 games. I think so. There had to be something going on there. I don't yeah. remember. I didn't have been attending a lot of teams last year, so I'm sure I missed. I'm sure there was an injury I missed. So the last thing we're going to talk about before we get out of here, just there's been a lot of injuries. You know, people like Thor's out for the year, TJ Severino, same thing. Sale followed suit because why not? And there's other players, you know, like Tyone who are hurt. And I wanted to get your take on how do you treat them? Like when you go and draft, like when would you draft them? Obviously, we're not drafting them in the first three or four rounds anymore in Dynasty format, but all these guys fall. Tyone doesn't even belong in the same sentence, obviously. But yeah, the longer we go without baseball, the the more likely I am to maybe take a chance on like an injured guy. Uh, you know, if it's 
likely that we're going to have just a lost season or just a really shortened season. It's like, well, I mean, hey, might as well take a chance and just go for 2021 and, you know, have these guys contributing then. Uh, and then as far as aging players go, maybe it's not, maybe they don't take as big a hit because, I mean, they're not, they're not playing right now. They're not getting that wear and tear on their body. So like maybe someone like Donaldson, you know, I would still have uh, faith in him going into to next season, but it's just, I, I mean, because of, of what's going on right now, aging players, guys, like if you're trying to sell these guys, like Charlie Blackman, Josh Donaldson, Nelson Cruz, um, those type of guys, I feel like at this point, you're kind of just stuck and you don't really have much of a choice, but to just write it out. Uh, you know, you, because you're not, you're probably not going to get what you want to get for them or what you deserve to get. Yeah. So, yeah, this kind of goes, I'm kind of with you. Like, I'm willing to still, I'm actually more willing now because even if we get a season, like you said, you only got to eat the loss of a TJ guy for maybe half of this year and part of next. So, I'm, it's becoming more and more, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, maybe I'm going to go out and try to put out some buy lows on older guys and these hurt pitchers because. I think there's value there. I think you can get them at a discount right now because there's so much uncertainty to, and I mean, what is, there are maybe higher odds that some of these older players go home, spend time with their families and realize maybe they don't want to play anymore. So you got to be careful. I did. I think it was Scott White that mentioned on the CBS podcast. And that was really intriguing because it was like a random thing I never thought about. And I was like, Hmm, it caught my attention. So now I'm putting it here in case you don't listen to CBS podcast, because that was just a fun little tidbit I took away from that podcast. So yeah, that was just uh, I was like, huh? Who else? That was very interesting. So yeah, that's all I got. I'm with you. That's gonna do it for the show. I appreciate you guys listening as always. You want to follow everything bases loaded? You follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We're stepping it up there as well. Um, we're gonna actually. Oh, I forgot to tease that. So maybe if you're still listening, if you're into prospects, you can check out our, our Instagram page because. One of our prospects guys, Deegs, is going to be posting videos he finds on prospects you may never, never even heard. He's going to post pictures of, of videos, pictures, little breakdowns. So, yeah, make sure you follow the Twitter and Instagram page at BasesLoadedFBN for all things fantasy baseball and all things Bases Loaded Network. Obviously, check out the site. We, we are posting material basically daily still. Um, BasesLoadedNetwork.com. You can follow George now on Twitter. George is at Roto underscore Nino. I'm Mike. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. We just truly appreciate you listening to us, guys. We know baseball is not on the forefront of people's minds. We know traffic has died down all around when it comes to the content and digestion of, the con- of said content. But we truly appreciate you guys that are just generous just like us and still listening. So without you guys, it wouldn't be us. So thank you very much for your support. We just want to remind you of that. But with that said, guys, we truly, again, just truly appreciate it all. And we'll talk to you soon. Peace.